We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus the Atlanta Falcons final review. We're going to break down the game in a little bit more details, crown this week's oopsie doopsie and baller of the week on episode 220 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell. Tackle, Oregon. He's gonna run it straight in! Jared Goldberg! Yes. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkins, yes. they did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? <laughs> Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 220 on the Blue Warrior Network. I am your host, Tyler, drumming my main guy. As always, I got Malcolm in the building with the, with us today. No Pierre with us today on this Monday night, but Malcolm, how are you doing today? Woo, what is happening, man? What's going on, bro? Yes, sir, I'm doing fine. You know, we were just talking about our... Our anger with sports right now and the brand of sports that we are watching right now with all the COVID cases and all the shit going on right now with the NBA and the NFL. It's, it's crazy right now. We're just talking about all the players that are coming back in the league that we thought were done. Joe Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Greg Monroe. Like, Greg Monroe. <laughs> what is going on, man? What is going on? And then like in football, you're seeing all these backups play and. If you're in fantasy football, I know you're stressing the hell out right now because you don't know if your guy's going to be on the COVID list tomorrow. It, it is just wild times right now in sports. But uh, we're here to talk about the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons game, which 
I wouldn't say COVID took over this game, but it, COVID had an implication to this game with Tim Boyle being the starting quarterback, which, you know, if it was normal circumstances, Jared Goff would have been the starting quarterback if COVID wasn't a thing, obviously. But, you know, that's what you got to deal with today. It's an extra caveat uh, to go along with injuries, which is just – if you thought injuries affected the game of, of like a lot – add COVID with it. It's just, it is, I, I, I don't have words. So, <laughs> so yeah, the Tim Boyle Lions lost this game on a very interesting game, a very intriguing game. The Lions kept it close, lost the game 20 to 16 to the Atlanta Falcons where the Lions had an opportunity to win the game and the final drive. But with Tim Boyle throws a game ceiling interception and that wraps up the Lions hope of any uh, comeback. So, the Lions lose this game to Atlanta Falcons, which I mentioned in our Twitter spaces yesterday. Whenever these two teams play, it's always interesting games, man. They always go back and forth. It always seems like it comes to the last play of the game. And just add this one to the list to another banger of a game between the Lions and Falcons. Yeah, man. It was a it was a really close game. Even with all our miss our pieces that we were missing, we still managed to keep it close. So that was that was a, a major positive for this game. I'm gonna ask you the usual question. Did you rewatch the football game? Yes, I did. Any different takeaways that you got in that game that you didn't maybe pick up initially? Um, everything was pretty much the same. Close game. They played it tough. I mean, the only thing I'll probably have to say is uh, I guess I would say that um, Tim Boyle played a little bit better than I thought he did initially. Not saying he played great or played good. I just, you know, he played like a solid backup. And he, you know, besides you take away that last play of the game, he had a really he had a pretty solid game. If you take away that last that last interception. The second half was rough for him. The first half, I thought he was really solid. You know, he was yeah. making some really nice throws, had some nice reads, you know, missed some guys at oppor- at certain times. But that's kind of what you expect, especially on the back of quarterback. But, you know, I look at Tim Boyle. I, I still don't think that's the answer at the back of quarterback spot. Like, I know that's what you rolled out with this game. But as far as going into the offseason, I think there's probably going to have to be some altering to the uh, adjustment to that, that back of quarterback spot. I don't Upgrade. think that's the answer. Yes. Yeah, Upgrade. Yeah, I mean it's possible. It's definitely definitely possible. You know, other than that, that big controversy play that I guess Dan Campbell going for it a fourth down, that was another thing that I reviewed multiple times, and I, I still I still stand with it. I mean, nothing changed on, on that that perspective. I think I still think Dan Campbell did a good job. <laughs> and in his chain of I guess his chain of thought on that play is that that they're going to be conservative. Yeah, and um, yeah. they were stopping the run anyways. I mean, the Falcons didn't have much of a run game in that game. So I guess he figured, you know, kick the three points, get the field goal and get a stop and then go for the win. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's, they asked that question. I believe it was Kyle Mackey from M live. I read, I read it up on his article. Uh, if you guys are interested, go check that out. But um, it, they asked him the question. It's like, do you regret that decision? Or is this something that even in hindsight, you were still comfortable with? And he said, his answer was that he thought Arthur Smith and his coaching tendencies that he would have gone conservative and he had trust in the defense from what they did in that game and previous weeks that they could potentially force a three and out or a turnover, which they got the best case scenario, obviously. But the only reason why I questioned the decision was because if you don't get the turnover and let's say you do get the three and out, I think the field position is just going to be a lot more difficult to score and especially needing a touch on. That's why I would have went for it on the fourth down and, you would still have the opportunity to get the three and out and then get the ball back and have an opportunity at the very least to tie the game. You're not going to get the win, but you can have the opportunity to tie the game. But that's my only, uh, you know, knock on Dan Campbell's coaching style. And, you know, you, you get people like Melk, we get people like Pierre, and they thought it was a good idea. So, like, 
me saying I disagree with it, it doesn't mean that I'm the right one in this one. Like, I'm not saying I'm right. That's just my opinion. That's what I would have done. But who the hell am I? I'm, I'm a guy sitting on a chair right now talking to you guys about what I would do compared to a guy who actually has the job. So, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But And it didn't really end up costing the game at the end of the day. But that's yeah. – if it was me personally, if I can go back and change something, and if I was in that situation, I would have went for it personally. But I, I understand – you know what you're you're taking away from it. I understand Dan Campbell after you know hearing his comments of you know Arthur Smith's tendencies. I still don't agree with it though. The way I could have looked at it, if you want to be aggressive, you know, go for it, get the touchdown, and then maybe go for two if you score. We've seen Dan Campbell do yeah. that in the past. He did that in that Minnesota game. Obviously, it didn't work. Oh, his decision worked, but the game didn't end up going the way because the the prevent defense and then Greg Joseph hits a game-winning field goal. But you know, we've seen Dan Campbell. And, and this year, previously, having an opportunity to win a football game with the two-point conversion instead of going for the one, point, uh, the extra point, you know, he ended up rolling the dice, going for two, and ended up working. And that's a decision that I don't know how I feel about that. I'm just curious, you know, as far as analytics, analytics usually tell you to go for that. Uh, but I'm just curious, what's your thoughts on the whole go for it? I think it's very situational this is the way I look at it. It depends on where you are as a team and the circumstances of the game but i'm just curious what's your opinion on you know teams going for two to go for the game or would you just kick the extra point and play for overtime it goes by situations man yeah and you're looking at that team because it all depends what what type of team you have and i agree what team you're playing against do you feel like that team is going to be a threat to come back and score mm-hmm. um situation like that you know if yeah if you trust your defense then just just you know tie it and then trust your defense to either get a stop or you know, force overtime or something, you know, but it all depends on your team. Yeah. I mean, if you're like a, a bad football team, not playing for much, I'm always all, all in, go for it, go for the two point conversion, go for the one, because you know, if you get an extra quarter of football, you know, what's the likely chance of you winning that game. So I'm all in, exactly. take your, take your shot there. But I think it's interesting and intriguing. Like when we see like a good football team, like the Baltimore Ravens, they, it costed them two games this year where they got, you know, a game tying touchdown. And then instead of just taking the extra point, Justin Tucker, they have attempted to go for two-point conversions twice this year, and, and it's backfired on them. So, you know, it, it's it's a really risky game, but, you know, it, it's, it's an extra caveat to the game of football, especially as of recently, like, with all the aggression, the analytics that are all added to the game, especially now. But um, I'm with you. I think it's really situational. I'm not really a side where, no, always fix your point, or no, always go for the two-point conversion. I think it's always just the situation, how the game is going and everything. But, um I, I would have been interested to see if the Lions would have went for two, though, if they did get the opportunity, you know, to score a touchdown, assuming they didn't go for the field goal. Um, it, it would have been interesting because their defense was playing well. So I, I wonder if, you know, they'd be comfortable to just trust their defense if they, if it went to overtime. Yeah, I mean, that would have been a tough call, man. I think with the backup quarterback, I think you kick the extra point and then, you know, go into overtime because your defense is probably the bigger strength of your team right now at, the, at that time being with Tim Boyle at quarterback. So... I mean, we're, we're getting a little off topic. I mean, it has nothing to do with it because it, it didn't get to that. But it would have just, yeah. you know, been interesting to see what they would have done if it got into that situation. But overall, you know, outside of that one knock, I thought Dan Campbell did call a really good game offensively. And, you know, Darren Glenn called another really good game defensively. But offensively, I was just happy to see more trust in the quarterback. And that's something that, you know, Campbell said he, he would do this week coming into it with Tim Boyle rather than what they did last time versus the Browns. I was just glad to see him, you know, be a little more relaxed. Let him sling the ball a little bit. Let him take some shots downfield, not just rely on the run game. And I, I thought, 
it was a way better version of Tim Boyle this week than what we saw in Cleveland about a month ago. So I, I was just really happy and satisfied with Dan Campbell, you know, just trying to win the game this week. Yeah, hundred percent, man. The thing is, I, I knew they were going to call the same type of same type of game that they called last time when Tim Boyle was our quarterback because of the whole play calling offense. The whole offense is just different right now, and you can see the you know all the players are pretty much like in sync right now, and all the play calling. Dan Campbell's doing a great job calling these plays now. So, yeah, they they, they did a good job. Detroit Lions football is finally back. And there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Detroit Lions tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all the other ticket sites charges, which let them guarantee the best price on all the NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, Tippic will give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So if you're headed to Seattle to watch your Detroit Lions take on the Seattle Seahawks, then TickPick got you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash Pride Podcast today. Save $10 on your first order of your Detroit Lions tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let me interesting question now. I know you've asked me this like a week ago or two weeks ago. It's like, does Dan Campbell continue the play calling going to next year like did, did you think that's a possibility yeah I do, I do think it's a possibility i'm not sure that's something that he 100 percent wants to do i'm not sure if they whatever they do man and i'm down with it whatever whatever he decides to do if he decides that he wants to continue calling play calls which i think he's doing a great job right now yeah no you know I'm, I'm, i've been pleasantly surprised honestly uh the last couple of weeks and i've always been like on this like you know 
this train is like, I don't know, man, like maybe just go out and get somebody or promote within. But like you see the results that are coming kind of, you know, kind of coming the last couple of weeks. And yeah, you only scored 16 points, which doesn't look like a lot, obviously. But I think just for the circumstances of how the game was going and the plays that they were running specifically, I mean, I think it's it's pretty good. It's been pretty good the last couple of weeks. And if the trend can continue and it isn't predictable, which we haven't seen any trend of that being as recently i mean if it ain't broke don't fix it right yeah yeah so, so yeah i mean either or ben johnson or or dan whoever i mean i'm down with it yeah i mean i think as of right now like we know ben johnson as of recently has kind of stepped in with you know being more of the guy creating the play calls but dan campbell at the end of the day is the play caller in the headset of the quarterback and if it's working you know, I, I'm I'm at the mindset it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it's something that's not working, then we can look at maybe adjustments. Maybe then you promote within. Maybe you let Ben Johnson be the, you know, the the voice to the quarterback in their headset. So I, I don't know. As of right now, I mean, there's only two games left. You got Seattle, Green Bay. I don't think we'll see any adjustment. But I think the interesting question is going to be going towards the off season. Is this something they're going to want to kind of bring into 2022, or is this something that you know? we're just doing for right now for the rest of the season. And then we're going to alter, you know, those plans in the off season. So that's something to look out for the, the off season. I, I mean, as far as the next two games, I don't see any adjustment. I think they're going to just do what they've been doing and there's been no reason to adjust. Yeah. I mean, of course, yeah, they're going to do the same thing for the next two games. Now next year, I mean, you're going to have Jared Goff here. Jared Goff's still going to be here. Yeah. So you might as well, unless you're going to planning on changing the whole offensive scheme and running a whole bunch of different plays and offensively, then then maybe switch it up. I don't see that happening. Though. But if you're going to keep this, the same scheme, you might as well just have Dan Campbell to keep keep calling plays. Mm-hmm. My question is right now is what the hell is Anthony Lynn doing right now? I think Anthony Lynch is the guy that's in the meeting rooms right now and just, you know, I just guess. <laughs> you know, just putting his two cents into, you know, whatever, you know, these meetings are going on between the offensive, you know, court, or all the offensive coaches and Dan Campbell, obviously. So I think he's... I guess part of what's going on, but I think Ben Johnson's having more of the offensive coordinator duties essentially than Anthony Lynn. Wow, I just want to know what the hell he's doing in the booth like right now. He's he's in the booth every game. Yeah, I think it's just his two cents. You know, maybe he he throws in you know his two cents, but he at the end of the day is not the the play caller in the quarterback's ear. So you know, if if Dan Campbell doesn't agree with his two cents, you know, doesn't have to use it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, like, I I, th- I think it's just another voice. You got the bird's eye view of Anthony Lynn. I, I think that's all it really is. You know, you're just getting another perspective, essentially. But at the end of the day, he's not the final call. I mean, I, I think it's pretty much the end of Anthony Lynn in Detroit. I, I don't think he'd be comfortable with this role of, you know, being a second voice or a third voice almost essentially now. I, I think it's probably the end of Anthony Lynn. There's nothing connected to this. I'm not saying there's any smoke to this right now this is just me throwing an opinion out there i, I think it's over I at the end of over. the year i mean it's, it's it's a possibility man his job is taken i don't know unless they create like create like a position for him if he's they, comfortable with that yeah i mean i don't know you think like i mean could another team hire anthony lynn i think it's possible but i think he's just been very suspect the last couple of years you saw they kind of ended the chargers run and then you saw the beginning of this year wasn't really get going so i think there's some there's there's some suspect to Anthony Lynn right now, so I don't know how how hot of a name he is as far as the open market if he isn't in Detroit. So I think it's either he's in Detroit next year or he's gone and just retired in the NFL. So 
I think that's how it goes. Yeah, very, 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 very possible, man. Very possible. Did you did, do you have any thoughts about this game? Other offensively, no. Again, it's just it was a really good offensive game plan. I think they gave themselves an opportunity to win. And then going to the defensive side of the ball, Aaron Glenn does what he does. I, I, I he, he's he's a he's a magician. He is a magician of what he does for his job. He has a craft for his job. For what the talent he's been given this year and then just these last couple games especially, I mean, I think it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. If you told me two weeks ago, told me last week, Bull Harris could be a starting outside corner and it's not going to be a receiver dashing up for like 200 plus yards, I'd call you crazy. I would call you crazy if that was the circumstances that were given. Those are the circumstances that he has been given right now, and it's not been bad. And you're playing some solid offenses. You're playing Arizona, um, and they did a really good job versus Kyler Murray, who was a really impressive quarterback, some solid weapons. I know there's no DeAndre Hopkins, but still a really solid receiving core. And then you come into this week, you know, you got a veteran quarterback like Matt Ryan. Do you think he's probably licking his chops in the in the film room? He goes, "Oh, I got Matt, I got Will Harris, I got I got a rookie Fatima Lafond on the other side, and then I got another rookie in the nickel with AJ Parker." They only managed twenty points versus your defense and your back seven, especially. Yeah, this is very impressive. What you know, what Aaron Glenn is doing. You know, you don't have an Amani Awarie even on the other side at this point. Because, you know, maybe in the Cardinals game, you make the arguments like, okay, you got Amani Awarie on the other side. You know you got that side sealed up. What you came into this Atlanta Falcons game was you had Will Harris, Ifatu Malafanu, and A.J. Parker in the nickel. They only managed to give up 20 points to a solid receiving core. You got Kyle Pitts in there who had a solid day but did not kill solid. you. Solid. He had a – He, he had didn't a, kill us. He, had, he was 6 for 6 for 100 and. 102 yards. It was a good day, but like I, I thought he could have killed us. For what the matchup was, we didn't have anybody. We had Jalen Rees-Maben at linebacker and Derek Barnes and Anthony Pittman. And then I just told you the secondary. I will take that any day, honestly. <laughs> I will take that any day. Yeah. I and mean, he only managed to score 20 points? Yeah. I mean, you got to look at the Falcons, man. They're they're not that good. I not, mean, taking, not, 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 not taking credit away from Anthony Lynn. The Falcons Aaron are a mess. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Glenn. Um, yeah, the Falcons are a mess, man. I mean, Matt Ryan doesn't look like he wanted to throw the ball downfield. The receiving core, they're they're okay, but their only weapon they really had was Kyle Pitts. For what was given, I'll take this any day. For yeah. what the, I mean, they, they had an advantage overall. They us. definitely had an a advantage clear because advantage. because we had so many, you know, injuries and COVID. You know, so yeah, I mean, you're playing against Will Harris and Fani Malafani, so you would think that they would take advantage of that situation, but they they didn't. No, they were just dinking and doinking. That's exactly what I'm saying, and that's a credit to they didn't want to take shots against them. And I don't know if that's on Arthur Smith or whoever, but you know, I'm taking it for what it is. They did their job. This is two weeks in a row now. This is if if this was a one week thing. Maybe it's like you want to see more, and I still want to see more. You got a big test this upcoming Sunday versus Seattle. You got DK Metcalf. You got Tyler Lockett. You got Russell Wilson at quarterback. They're going to take their shots on the field. Like, that's yeah. how they're going to take their shots. If they have another good week where, you know, Lockett is, you know, not killing you or DK Metcalf is not killing you and Russell is just like sus, you, you got to just give credit to the man Aaron Glenn and what he's been doing. 
You should oh, already be giving credit to Aaron. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm already giving credit to Aaron Glenn because what he's doing with this defense is still, is still phenomenal. What he's doing with this defense. So, I mean, whatever happens next week, I think what you know happens. It depends, you know, who we're gonna have out there. I mean, as of right now, it's not gonna be much of an upgrade because Awari is out for the year. So that's yeah. like, if you're comfortable on that side, you know, you're not having that for the next two games. So. We'll see, man. It's probably going to be the same guys, if I had to assume. It's probably going to be Melifon, Wu, Will Harris, and AJ Parker in that nickel, if I had to assume. Because Jerry Jacobs out for the year. Amani Orway out for the year. I don't know what else you do, unless you want to throw out Mark Gilbert. But there's been no reason to take out Will Harris right now. No. That's and that's that's crazy. <laughs> I know. I, I would never thought those words would come out of my mouth. But there's no reason to take him out right now. Yeah. As, as your starting corner, I mean, he's your best option right now. Yeah, unless you want to put in Bobby Price. Like, why would you do that? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. If it's broke, then, you know, we'll look at other options. We'll look at Bobby Price, look at Mark Gilbert, whoever. But as as of right now, speaking after this Falcons game, no reason to, to switch up anything. Because overall, he held the Falcons to 20 points. And, you know, like Malcolm mentioned, they have issues. But that's a team that could score points. And I, I've seen them score points versus defleted defenses like the Panthers and um, just other games in general, the Lions did a good job uh, defensively, and they gave themselves a legitimate shot to win this game. You caused a turnover at the end of the game to give your offense a legitimate shot to win the game. I mean, you're getting guys stepping up, but I got a question for you now. Um, fifth round or fourth round rookie, sorry. Derek Barnes. So I came into this game expecting him to get nearly 100% of the snaps. And I don't have the snap counter for me. I'm going to pull it up as 14. Uh, 14 only, only 14 defensive snaps? Yeah. Oof, okay, I didn't know it was that low. I knew it was low, but not that low. Okay, so 14 defensive snaps. You're missing Alex Anzalone. You're missing Josh Woods, which, okay. You're missing two guys that you were counting as a starting linebacker. Your depth chart was really thinning out. You had Reeves Maben. You expected him to be out there as a starter, getting majority of the snaps. That was expected. The other one you expected was going to be Derek Barnes with the circumstances were given. Are you worried at all about Derek Barnes? No, man. I'm actually not. I'm actually not. The The fact that they don't play him, when he's he looked like he's playing well. Like, from the 14 snaps he was out there, he made plays. You know, he got the one sack in the very first drive. And then, like, he got a few plays in, in between. But then after that, like, they just take him out. So what do you think is the reason, though? Because it's not like we have some veteran that we need to play. We're playing Anthony Pittman right now. More yeah, they played than. Anthony Pittman had more snaps. So there, yeah. there's got to be a reason behind this. What do you think the reason behind this? I have no idea, man. Maybe is 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 it his coverage? Maybe I'm not 100 percent sure. Because I can't I, pinpoint. I can't pinpoint on why they're taking them out. Because I feel like every time I hear a press conference, I feel like there's a reason behind it, and it's something that he has to play better. But I, I, I'm asking you. What does he need to improve on? It could be coverage. That's the only thing I could see that could be the issue is, is coverage. But everything else, man, he's, his tackling has been good. He doesn't miss doesn't miss much tackles. You know, he's a good sideline to sideline linebacker. I'm. It has to be coverage. Coverage is probably is holding him back right now. Or just maybe int- they, or maybe they just value veterans like with experience there. I don't but, know. But but this is an experience. It's Anthony Pittman. And then it was before it was, yeah. it was Josh Woods. Like if yeah. it's if it's Alex Anzalone, Jalen Reeves, Mapin, and when, when we had Jalen uh, Jamie Collins, I'm like, okay, I get it. But 
the circumstances are way different right now. It's Reeves Mabin, Derek Barnes, Anthony Pittman, and two promoted practice squad linebackers. So it, it can be the experience thing. Well, when I'm talking about experience, you know, Barnes is a rookie. I think Anthony Pittman has been in the league for, what, two, three years? How many games has he played, though? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. This is I, and this is definitely the most snaps he's ever gotten in a game, by far. 24, yeah. That, I mean, he got 52% of the defensive snaps. There's only 46 defensive snaps, and he got 24 of them. He got 24? Got 52% of the defensive snaps. Yeah. And Derek Barnes only got 30. At 14 snaps. I don't know. I, I that's why I'm. I, what is you? What do you, are you concerned about, Jim? I, I I feel like the staff is concerned with him somewhat. Like, why aren't you playing him? There's got to be a reason why you're not playing him because there's no excuses now. Josh Woods is gone. Alex Anzalone's gone. Jamie Collins is out the door. It's Reeves, Maven, Pittman, Barnes, Curtis Bolton. I can't tell you the fifth guy. That's what you got right now, and he's only getting 14 snaps. Yeah, there, there's got to be something behind this, and I feel like it's more than him just being a rookie. And I don't know. I I don't know if they trust him. And that's that's boils down to him being a rookie. <laughs> they don't trust him. But like, I don't think he's earned the trust of that staff. Like you've seen guys like Levi Onzerika. He's earned the he's earned the the trust of the staff. He's getting more snaps. You've seen Ali McNeil. He's getting the trust of the staff. He's he's getting more snaps. But for some reason, Derek Barnes is not getting that trust. And even when the circumstances come to this. But you're missing so many guys, he's still not getting the opportunity. Yeah. I I don't know, man. The only thing I could think of is coverage. but Or they, they're just wanting to just ease them in. I don't know why. I mean, we're in, we're in the last two games now. Yeah, we're in the last two games. There's nothing to lose at this point. What do you see? Anthony Pittman is an unrestricted free agent next year and has been mainly a practice squad guy. No offense to Anthony Pittman, but... I'm just telling you, who who has a better shot of developing long-term, Anthony Pittman or Derek Barnes? It's not even close. No, it's not. So, I don't know. I, I expected a bigger workload than 14 snaps out of Derek Barnes. And it wasn't like they were playing this formation where they're going to run more DBs out there because Anthony Pittman ended up ultimately with more snaps than Derek Barnes. And I think that should raise an eyebrow as far as his trust with this coordinators and just his development in general as rookie season. We'll see how this transition next year, man. But before I, you know, have any red flags on this one, let's see, let's see how he goes into next year because his year's almost over. Yeah. If next year he's still his snap count is similar, then then yeah. I think it's interesting to see how they attack the draft. And yeah. well, the draft and free agency. Are they gonna bring back an Alex Angelini? Are they gonna bring back a Jalen Reese Maven? Are they going to draft a linebacker high? These are going to be questions to see if how highly they think of Derek Barnes. If they bring back one linebacker because you don't have any linebackers under contract outside of Derek Barnes and I don't know who else is under contract. It might be Pittman. I don't remember who it is, honestly. So you got Derek Barnes, all I know, is a guaranteed to be on your team next year as far as your linebacking core. I'm interested to see how they address the position in the offseason as far as the draft and, and, um, and for agency, especially if that's a position they want to spend money towards or if they use a high draft pick towards, because I, I, I'm interested to see if they think he's a starter long-term. I, I'm pretty sure 100% Jalen Reeves may even comes back. Just, I would just, that. Yeah, just, just due to his special team. And, um, and, and the way he's able playing. To do, and the way he's playing, too. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I would assume that as well. But I'm interested to see the other guys. Like, you have to assume, or at least this was the expectation, I think, before the year, that Derek Barnes has to be your week one starter unless injuries or anything happens, right? Yeah. 
So I'm, we'll see. We'll see how they attack that position in the offseason. I'm, I'm raising a little eyebrow. And I'm not concerned. I'm just raising an eyebrow. And I think it's, I think it's very different and something I didn't expect. So um, that was something I took away from the defense that I thought was, you know, a bit odd. But offensively, it seems like everything's normal uh, as far as snap count. And I think everything else defensively, snap count made a lot of sense. You got Reeves maybe playing 100% of the snaps. Tracy, Will, uh, Charles Harris getting 100% of the snaps. So good for him, man. You know, that's another candidate I hope that they could bring back this offseason too. Uh, hopefully it's another one or two year deal because I think he's earned that earned that deal. If it's not from the line, someone's going to pay him. Not big money, but someone's going to pay him. He's had a really good year. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, let's get into the baller of the week. Malcolm, yep. the shine is yours, baby. Who do you got? All right, man. So I have for the baller of the week, I'm going to go with the sun god. I'm going to go with Amon Ronsay Brown. This this kid is, he's coming on his own. Definitely this year he's coming on his own. And he had 11 targets, 9 reception, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Again, with another touchdown this weekend. He's just a kid that's balling out right now, man. And I, I really like what I see from him. And I think he's going to be a big piece in our future. So I actually have something. I believe this is from Jeremy Reisman. I saw this on Twitter from prior to Detroit. He said that Jen, or not Jeremy Reisman. He saw that uh, he said that Amon Ross St. Brown has actually won Rookie of the Month. So one, wow. So NFL Rookie of the Month. Let's go, man. He's deserved it, man. The last three, four weeks or so, I would say, last four games. It's been, been really good for the really good for this football team. You know, you had this game versus the Falcons, got another touchdown, a really good game for him. And you had the Cardinals game, got a touchdown. The Broncos game offense was a bit stagnant because of all the COVID cases and all the mispractices, but even he had some work in that game. And then obviously the Vikings had the game winning touchdown. So this last month has been really good for Amon Ross and Brown. And I'm so happy that this is a consistent thing now because I I was, you know, I wasn't worried about I'm like, I like I was hoping it wasn't just a one-week thing where he just shines for one game and then kind of goes back to what he was doing before the year. You know, now that you're seeing some consistency and, you know, I want to see these next two games and then I want to see what he could do next year because he was a guy we were really high on in the draft process. And then especially when we got to hear all the training camp reports and all the buzz that we heard about Amon Ross St. Brown from the beat guys and, you know, attending training camp, it, it was really exciting. So um, I'm glad that Amon Ross St. Brown is on our football team and he's producing for our football team. 70 he has a total of 74 catches bro as a rookie that's that's phenomenal man most as a lines uh rookie receiver right most has a yeah by far i mean he broke that record last week as far as a rookie um receptions and he's got two more games for Detroit. Left. And he has two more games left so yeah and if people are gonna bring up the 17th game just think that's one more game he still beat it even before the 17 games because yeah. you know some some people are gonna use that as like oh he got an extra game but no it, he's still got a whole other game without the 17th game so and you gotta remember man he started coming along towards the late. end late yeah there were some games where he got zero catches like the rams game remember he got zero catches that game zero looks yeah not even a target yeah his targets gone up yeah this month you look i'm looking at his numbers it was this month man mm-hmm. the starting starting the vikings game that, that's when that was the coming up party yeah he had 10 10 um, receptions that game with the Broncos, he had eight. Cardinals, he had eight receptions. And then Falcons, he had nine receptions. Yeah, he's definitely coming on his own, man. I'm just curious. I'm going to bring up his his last, like, 
the game before that. Just yeah, there. I mean, four receptions, four, four receptions, four. four, three receptions. You know, against the Bengals, he had five receptions, but twenty-six yards. Yeah, I think there was one of those games. It was the Philly or Cincy game. It was one of the blowouts. I remember he was just getting a bunch of garbage time work. It might have been the Philly game, but um, yeah, no, they they were really low, and even targets, four targets before in Thanksgiving, four targets versus the Browns, six targets versus Pittsburgh, five targets versus Philly. Now you're seeing. The last month, they've been all in the double digits. You got 12, 12, 11, 11. Yeah. These clearly are number one option. Yeah. It, it seems like since Josh Reynolds just came in, it's really opened up the field for him. And um, the quarterbacks, if it's either Boyle or Goff, they've definitely had more trust since having Reynolds and Amon Ross and Brown. So that's a good sign going forward, man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our oopsie doopsie the week. Play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. It was really kind of difficult to pick one, uh, pinpoint one player for the Oopsie Doopsie Week. I ended up being Tim Boyle just because of the interception, the final play, or the final drive, where you have an opportunity to win the game. Defense makes a hell of a play, gives you a really good field position to win the football game, down four points, makes a bad read, throws an interception to the linebacker. That's the game. Um, so that's my Oopsie Doopsie Week. Overall, I was more pleased with Tim Boyle than obviously the first game that he started but I still think there's a, a big question mark uh, and, and concern at the backup quarterback spot I don't think he's a backup quarterback in the NFL or as far as for the Lions sake for the you know going forward so you know I I think he's he deserved the oopsie doopsie the week <laughs> I like his arm man he, he has a he has an arm man he was putting some zip on the ball when he was it was those little hitch routes but hitch routes but you know, he was slinging, slinging that ball. His accuracy is so off, though, man. Yeah, some. I mean, there's some throws that he that he threw. No, he's not like, like completely off every time, but his accuracy is definitely not NFL level. Uh, yeah, not not starting level. Not starting it's like a, level. It's like a bad Baker Mayfield accuracy. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying like he's exactly what he is a backup. Yeah, he probably gonna be nothing more than that than a backup. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I don't think he's ever a guy that challenges someone in training camp for a starting quarterback spot. Like, if you're signing Tim Boyle, you're signing no. him to be a back quarterback or even a third-string quarterback. I'm I'm shocked that he was on the the Packers so long as their backup, as their main backup. Well, they had Jordan Love. Um, he was ahead of Jordan Love. On the I know, deck. I know. I'm saying they had Jordan Love, though. So I know he was ahead of them. And I know if, it, if an injury ever occurred, it would be Boyle. But I feel like if – it were to ever get to a point of Rodgers getting hurt, I think it would have been Jordan Love's show at some point. I don't think it would have been the TMB show unless an injury happened. Yeah, I don't know. I think the point. <laughs> Jordan I, Love is he? He's a mess. Yeah, I think the point to have Tim Boyle was so Jordan Love never has to go in a game if an injury ever did happen or in the middle of the game. It's so he could, you know, prepare for whoever they're playing for. Um, I, I think that would have been the plan. That's I don't know. I'm not, you know, Lafleur. This is me talking out of my ass. You know, that's what I would have done personally. <laughs> yeah. So I keep the young quarterback in, you know, in a tough situation. That's the end. All right, guys. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Pride Podcast. We'll be on later this week to preview the Seattle Seahawks, and then we'll be live on Twitter Spaces the day of the game, an hour before the game, at 12 o'clock. So look out for that. And, you know, we're winding down to the end of the year, I believe. I believe. Is this the last podcast of the year? Uh, Wednesday would be. 
as far as them listening though last time yeah as far as i'm listening yeah i'll record wednesday and the first saturday so you might get another podcast before the year you probably will yeah it will okay so i'll save my whole new year's you know, my, my thank you for New Year's for the next episode. So, <laughs> uh, hope you guys all had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you guys celebrate. Hope you guys all had a great holidays. And I'm signing off, guys. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.